0: welcome to the ortho eval pal podcast where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills we hope you enjoy the show and now for your host paul Markey. hello everyone and welcome to episode 41 of the ortho eval pal podcast i'm your host paul Markey. And Thank you so much for being with me today. We just hit the 40 episode mark uh, last week and it's just incredible that uh, we've, we've gotten that far. I really didn't think that uh, you know, I, I was, really was questioning if I'd be able to get this many episodes and now I'm so excited about doing it. I just have all kinds of content going constantly. I've got all kinds of notes. Great things uh, coming up in the future for OrthoEval Pal. So make sure you stick with us and uh, I'm definitely going to be uh, giving you a lot of content. I'm sure you're going to enjoy and Uh, For all those of you who are new to orthopedics, uh, this is really a great place to start. This is, uh, you know, the meat and potatoes of getting better with your ortho evaluation skills and how to uh, deal with patients and manage certain situations with your orthopedic patients. So today we're going to talk about something uh, interesting. We're talking about crepitus. We all have it. Patients talk about it all the time. It's like every single patient who comes in talks about how much noise they have in their joints and whatnot. Well, it's a very common. Thing, not necessarily a common problem. Okay, so how often have you heard this? Where a patient comes in and says, "Oh, there's something wrong with my neck. It snaps a lot," or "My knees sound like broken glass when I squat." Uh, those are are common uh, sayings that patients have when they come in and they talk about their crepitus. Um, you know, and for some reason, patients have this way of associating crepitus with something. Okay, something good or something bad. You know, oftentimes they'll say, well, I just had a manipulation of my back and I got some great snaps back there and it's really a good thing. Or they'll come in being depressed because they had a manipulation of their back and they didn't hear any noise. Um, and, and, and you know, other times, uh, you know, we might... Um, you know, they'll say, you know, there's a lot of noise in my neck, you know, while I'm driving a vehicle. And it's usually when I'm driving at work, because, uh, and and I think work is really causing all of my problems. Well, really, you know, it should be there all the time if you're at work or not. And um, some people can really think that it is a bad thing, okay, to have uh, crepitus. So, what causes crepitus okay but well, what we do know is that young people have it a lot less than older people okay and, and a lot of that has to do with the joint surfaces remember you've got a nice smooth hyaline cartilage lining your joint surfaces doesn't matter if it's the facet joints in your neck or the the cartilaginous uh, joint surfaces of your knee those surfaces are nice and smooth and glossy when you're young just like taking uh, two, a microscope slides and putting a drop of water between them and sliding them back and forth pretty smooth, right? But you take two sponges and you rub them together. That's kind of rough and pitted, kind of like what happens to our joints as we get older. Okay. So the joint surface has a lot to do with crepitus. The other thing is inflammation. Imagine a tendon that has a tenosynovial sheath around it, which is supposed to be there, but that sheath becomes inflamed. And now you're trying to take this tendon and sheath and push it through or pull it through a tunnel. When it's all inflamed and swollen, well, that will cause a gritty, broken glass type feeling and and kind of, you know, give you a crepitus. Um, So that's inflammation could definitely cause crepitus. The other thing could be fluid, fluid movement inside your joint. So the fluid moving from one side of the joint to the other a fracture, obviously. So if a bone is broken and it's um, moving, uh, that can definitely cause some uh, discomfort. And let me give you an example of that. You know, uh, one time I had a a gentleman who Came in on a Monday, never had an x-ray, was in for shoulder pain and, you know, had some discomfort, quite a bit of discomfort in the proximal humeral region. And uh, so we went through his motion. He had probably 90% of normal motion, just kind of like a lot of people would. And uh, it was pretty painful. Uh, Didn't do a lot. We just kind of did some modalities to help settle him down a little bit and uh, keep things at bay. He came in two days later for another um, treatment session and was having a lot of discomfort. And he said, you know, my shoulder's cracking a lot. Well, I took his shoulder and I passively moved it and it was cracking, but as it was cracking, it was causing a lot of pain and I could feel it was just like taking the end of a, an old broom, an old fashioned broom and just breaking uh, that straw. Uh, you could feel it kind of gritty and cracking while I was doing that. And he was having a lot of pain while doing it. So we held off on that. We immediately called the physician. They ordered up an x-ray and the gentleman really had no, his his arm was fracturing at the proximal humerus, they found he had multiple myeloma. And um, so they put an IM rod in there and took care of that. Um, So that's going to lead into, you know, how we manage crepitus in just a little bit. The other thing is poor arthrokinematics, especially, you know, in areas like the shoulder or the patellofemoral joint. When you are weak, you can have some abnormal movement. Okay. Like in the shoulder, you need that shoulder needs to be able to roll, glide and spin. If it's not doing that all at the right time, you can get some increased crepitus. So what I have found through experience is that as people get stronger, if the crepitus is not painful, it seems to get less as they become stronger. OK, like like scapula thoracic crepitus, patellofemoral crepitus, uh, shoulder crepitus, uh, all of those things are, are very, very um, common as they get stronger. They seem to have less crepitus. So, you know, it's not a- an uncommon thing. Most everybody has it. Um, and so, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break here and, uh, I want you to stay with me because we're going to talk about, you know, how to manage crepitus, how to manage it with your patients, especially. And, uh, we're going to take a a short break and, uh, have a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back and we'll talk a little bit more about crepitus. Did you know that over 90% of foot and ankle problems are caused by a tight calf muscle? Introducing the easy slant, a durable, adjustable, and portable calf stretching device. The Easy Slant was designed to increase stretching compliance and get you back on your feet and feeling better faster. So if you work with patients seeking to ease or avoid foot pain or clients who want to improve their athletic performance, look no further. Visit EasySlant.com to learn more or order yours today. Enter coupon code OEP for a 10% discount on your first Easy Slant. All right, welcome back. And uh, so I was, uh, as I was saying before, many people have crepitus, but more often than not, um, you don't need to worry about it. People just panic about this stuff all the time. I have crepitus. uh, My boss has crepitus. We all have crepitus. Um, And as you get older, it seems to get worse, and that's a result of you know gravity, age, uh, and uh, you know your joints breaking down and or having some inflammation. but really, what most people, you know, need to to recognize is that, you know, they'll say, "Well, I hurt my shoulder and, and now it's noisy," or "Now that my neck hurts, it seems to be noisier and it makes more noise." Really, this is what's happening. People have always had crepitus. But once they have an injury, they really start focusing on that area a lot, okay? And this is where, as a therapist, I really try to avoid just focusing on that area, and I look to teach them more about functional goals and achieving, you know, functional activity more so than just focusing on the area. Because once they start focusing on that area, they're thinking about the pain more, they're thinking about crepitus more, they think there's a huge association between the two of them. But really, this is what I tell them. If there is a pain, a direct pain associated with the pop or the snap or the noise that they hear in their joint, um, that is something to be more concerned with. Okay. Or if there was a snap when they changed direction when they were running and they tore their Achilles, that and they had pain with it, that's something you need to worry about. Then, you know, what you do is you kind of assess it. So let's just say, for example, that uh, somebody's having lateral ankle pain and a lot of crepitus they they say there's some noise and then you ask them to describe and they say well it's like a popping feeling and then you assess them to find that they have a peroneal subluxation and you can see the peroneal pop up over the lateral malleoli you hear it snapping and they have pain associated with it well there you've got a diagnosis you've got an issue that needs to be addressed but really more often than not that crappiness will get better as they get stronger and or they have less inflammation. So, you know, tell that to your patients, reassure them that, you know, that most of the time they're fine unless there is a definitive snap or pop. You know, this is a classic example. I had a young lady come in the other day and um, her focus has been so much on her left shoulder pain. She's like, it's popping and it pops really, really loud. And every time I lift my arm over my head. So I passively lifted her arm over her head, passively, and and she had a very definitive pop. I mean, it was loud. Then I went to her right shoulder and I passively lifted it and it popped equally loud she didn't have pain with either of them, but she was so, and then she kind of realized, well, well, wait a second. You know, I really don't have a problem. I just have a snappy joint. And some people are very snappy like that. So, um, you know, make sure that uh, you, you talk to your patients, uh, let them know that, you know, not to get too involved with it, not to be afraid of crepitus that it's there. Um, but you know, it's, it's pretty common. So, um, and you as, as a young therapist or practitioner who sees, orthopedic uh, injuries, you know, need to be very attentive to that because uh, it's not a huge diagnostic tool, but certainly something to be aware of. So I hope you enjoyed our episode today on crepitus, uh, kind of an uncommon topic. Uh, We all uh, see it during the day, but we, you know, it comes up in courses and, and, you know, most people giving CME courses will say exactly what I said today. You know that it's not a big deal. Um, so please, if you have any comments about crepitus, let me know at uh, orthovalpal.com. Please make sure you follow us on, uh, on our YouTube channel and um, make sure you subscribe to our channel because we have new videos coming out constantly. And uh, if you happen to, want to watch this podcast you can do it on youtube because i'm posting all of them on our youtube channel so you can uh, take a look at the beautiful background we've got going on over here up in northern maine and um and i hope you're enjoying everything uh we're going to be having some great episodes coming up and a brand new program that i hope to introduce real soon to you take care we hope you've enjoyed the show For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.